Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Blaze Radio Network. And now, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. I know that there's a lot of things to worry about and talk about, and we will get to them. But first, I wanted to set your mind at ease. TikTok has banned the milk crate challenge. Right? Okay, take a deep breath. Now, the platform has banned it due to concerns that users participating in the trend could be seriously injured. It's a little late for that. Uh, I mean, if you haven't seen it where they're stacking milk crates into that pyramid and then attempting to climb across the structure, yeah, uh, you can do some damage to yourself. And we saw where uh, even the gang members were doing the TikTok challenge in a park and getting shot at while they were doing it. We played that here on Chewing the Fat last week. So that will stop as well. There will be no more milk crate challenge shootouts in the parks because it's banned on TikTok. That's great news, right? Right. I've forgotten about the one TikTok challenge that uh, people were doing a couple of years ago. The skull breaker challenge, which, I mean, there were charges uh, for some people in this challenge. Teens would... Uh, stand in a circle and throw things up in the air and you couldn't move. (laughs) Now, some of course moved because they realized that the ladder that they threw in the air was going to hurt when it came down on their head. The suitcase thrown in the air was going to hurt. They were throwing wheelchairs. (laughs) That's not funny. But people got hurt bad. And I mean, one, we talked about, I mentioned the lawsuit. I mean, there was absolutely a lawsuit during the skull breaker trend because one mom, uh, you know, was a little upset that her teen was hospitalized as a result of the challenge. Now, whose fault is it really when something like this happens? If you haven't taught your child that standing underneath something heavy and large to come down on your head just for a video isn't a smart thing to do. Uh, Whose fault is it? Mm, You're going to sue yourself? Anyway, I just want to let you know that you can breathe easy. The milk crate challenge is now banned on TikTok. Welcome. Welcome to Chewing the Fat. If you were not aware, Ida, yes, the Hurricane Ida, the storm hit the southeast Louisiana as a Category 4 hurricane yesterday. It was the 16th anniversary of Hurricane Katrina. Winds were up to 150 miles per hour and uh, two feet of rain in some areas. Uh, It's tied for the strongest hurricane on record to make landfall in Louisiana. One person right now 
we know of has died. Sadly, more to come, I'm sure. Uh, the storm waters bring flash flooding, strain levees and pumps meant to reinforce the city. Over a million people in the state lost power, including the entire city of New Orleans. It's uh, now a tropical storm and might even be a depression by now, uh, cutting across the country. So still be safe and uh, know where the storm is and where it's headed in comparison to where you live. But um, Katrina did serious damage. Hopefully this storm and we're prepared so it didn't do as much damage as uh, Katrina did. I mean, 1,800 people died during Katrina and it was a hundred billion dollars in property damage mainly due to storm surge and it overwhelmed the levees and you know we we spent a lot of money on the risk reduction plan that was put in place after Katrina in order to contain those surges so hopefully they worked we'll see as uh, daylight comes upon the Louisiana shore and we see just what damage Ida did. Um, just remember Louisiana's refineries make up almost 20% of the country's total refining capacity. So 60% of gasoline used on the East coast comes from the Gulf coast refineries. That's not a good thing. That's about the worst place for a hurricane to hit. And they're already talking about gas prices going up. And whenever they talk about it, you can count on it. It's already up. And now we have uh, a huge challenge for hospitals. They're treating, uh, you know, thousands of cases of COVID-19 patients statewide. And without electricity, oh my gosh, hospitals are going to need to rely on generators. And they've got uh, other issues with oxygen, which we'll go get into in the show today. I mean, there's oxygen shortage around the country. So it's definitely, um, not the end of the Ida story. No doubt about it. I mean, the coming days and weeks are going to be really difficult for many, many people, uh, throughout this country, let alone just the state of Louisiana. So we'll see. I know that, uh, you know, hospitals are having to deal with, uh, with the oxygen, we talked, I mentioned the shortages. Holy cow. <laughs> the number of people hospitaled in the U.S. exceeded 100,000 for the second time uh, during the pandemic. And because, you know, COVID attacks the respiratory system, patients with severe cases require highly concentrated oxygen to help them breathe. And they've been diverting oxygen to the hospitals to treat the COVID-19 patients, which means it can't be deployed in other places for other uses. So there's a whole bunch of worries going on with that. I mean, look, we, holy cow, you, uh, they've already, they've already told you that, uh, don't wash your deck, conserve water, liquid oxygen is used to treat the water supply. And so there's plenty of places around the country, specifically in Florida, that's being talked about where they're telling people, yeah, you know, um, you might smell the water differently. Uh, you know, we need to switch the treatment up a little bit because we don't have any oxygen. So it might be a little bit different. And don't forget, I mean, the space aid, our space programs that have been going crazy around the country. Um, 
oxygen is used for that to uh, propel the rockets as well. So a lot of that has been canceled. Didn't cancel the one up in Alaska that apparently failed but was successful over the weekend. The Astra rocket launch that uh, was postponed and then it took place, uh, was supposed to happen on Friday, then it happened on Saturday up in uh, Kodiak, Alaska at the Pacific Spaceport Complex. And so the launch attempt failed to reach orbit, but Astra's CEO, Chris Kemp, uh, was optimistic. It was obviously not successful at putting anything into orbit, but it was a flight where we learned a tremendous amount. And I know that, uh, you know, I remember when uh, Elon at SpaceX had the big crash and he was happy with the outcome, even though the full outcome was not successful. So, you know, it was a rocket launch, successful fail, I guess. So congratulations. Okay. This story makes me happy. A woman with 14 tickets, and I say this only 14 tickets, 14 parking tickets, has won a major decision in a dispute over whether a Michigan city, that would be Saginaw, Michigan, uh, my hometown, where I was uh, born and raised, and also have, uh, I, I have received in the past parking tickets in that city. Makes me very happy, this case. So she uh, was pissed, this lady, because she believed that uh, chalking her tires by the parking, <laughs> the parking lady, I'm sorry, the parking enforcement officer, uh, apparently, uh, according to them, would take notes and sometimes chalk tires in areas where there was a time limit, but no meters. The city said chalking was a signal to motorists that vehicles were being watched. Well, yeah, and they've been doing that for a long time. I mean, I've had got the boot put on my car for, uh, you know, a couple of times in my life. <laughs> if you don't know what the boot is, they strap this thing on your car so it can't move. Now, they don't want you parking where you're parked, but they put a boot on your car so it doesn't get, so you can't move it. And then you got to pay to get the boot off or they obviously tow it away and then you got to pay more money. <sighs> And I have, they have been using this chalk, this damn chalkers for years. Well, according to this lawsuit, uh, the city cited an exemption to the Fourth Amendment, but the federal appeals court said it doesn't fit. So there you have it. I guess they claim that uh, for nearly as long as automobiles have parked along city streets, municipalities have found ways to enforce parking regulations without implicating the fourth amendment said the judge in a 3-0 opinion <laughs> so tire chalking is not necessary to meet the ordinary needs of law enforcement let alone the extraordinary good good <laughs> don't be chalking my tires and now they're talking about class action lawsuits and there's similar lawsuits pending in bay city michigan ann arbor michigan um man if i still lived there i'd be a part of this class action lawsuit easy so now we're talking about also setting precedent you know in ohio kentucky tennessee along with along with michigan so i'm all for this man you damn parking people parking enforcement officers out there chalking tires and giving tickets and putting the boot on people parking when there there's no parking i used to park underneath a bridge close to where we lived uh had an apartment in uh 
in one of the you know local areas and close to the bridge downtown area where there were you know it was nightlife area big surprise and uh so we oh, in our apartment we'd park under the bridge now you could park under the bridge and in the evening but during the day there's only so much time that you could park so you had to get up and go move your car to where you could park it in one of the parking lots or on the road or around the corner or move to another parking space which wouldn't always be open so if you'd sleep in or you'd forget or just leave it there then comes the ticket and or the boot and uh, you want to talk about one of the worst feelings is to come around the corner and there's your car with the boot on it. And I used to park in this one parking lot where you could open the window of our apartment and look out, you know, you'd look out the window into the parking lot to see (laughs) at time to move your car before you got a ticket. Well, if you had already gotten multiple tickets, then that's when you get the boot put on and you open that window up and look out and there's your car in that parking lot in that parking space with the boot on. Wow, man, you just hang your head. You just hang your head because then you got to go down and you got to pay the tickets and you got to, they got to come and get the boot off and then you get your car. And I, I found a way where you didn't have to pay all the money for the tickets. So if you go before the magistrate and promise that you're going to pay the full amount, then they let you off with only paying a percentage. They probably don't do that anymore because of people like me. But I found that if you go before the magistrate and say, yeah, I'm going to pay it off. I promise. Just let me get the boot off. Here's 10% or 20%. I forget what the percentage was, but it wasn't the full amount, which made me happy. And then they come and take the boot off. You could only do that a couple of times and then you had to end up paying the money or not get a ticket anymore. (laughs) (laughs) which was my plan all along. Uh, You know what? Let's go to the break room. There's so much more to talk about today, but I need something cold to drink desperately, so we might as well do it in the break room. Did you catch the fight last night? You didn't even know there was a fight? Well, I probably should start with saying, rest in peace, Ed Asner, as long as we're in the break room. He died... A 91 years old, Ed Asner. Look, I know the guy was personally a kind of a, uh, what would you call it, Um, a communist. But uh, he was 91, and I loved a lot of his work. And, you know, I know he did the, everybody loved him for the Mary Tyler Moore thing. And he's, there's one left from the Mary Tyler Moore entourage. uh, And that is uh, Betty White. She's the last one remaining uh, from that show. The rest of them have all gone to, you know, wherever they go. So uh, rest in peace, Ed Asner. And, they, you know, he was great. Everybody he had a big, uh, big resurgent after Up. And he was doing uh, guest shots in some of the big TV shows. And then he was still doing the Christmas movies. So, I mean, good stuff. And, uh, you know, his his talent will be missed. Now to the fight. Pay-per-view on Showtime in Cleveland, Ohio. Jake Paul taking on Tyron Woodley. You didn't know there was a fight? Well, there was. Decision and still undefeated. The problem. Well, there you have it. It was pay-per-view on Showtime, and uh, of course they had the live audience there. I know that uh, that uh, Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse, I guess capacity is 20,000, but there was, I don't know, they had like 17,000 there. 
damn good crowd. And maybe that is capacity when they have the fight. I don't know. Uh, but uh, it was a split decision. Jake won. He probably deserved to win. Uh, I feel like Tyron uh, could have done better in his uh, in his battle. He could have owned the ring a little bit more, and that's obviously why the split decision went to Jake. So Jake is undefeated. He's all in love with his uh, with his hot girlfriend, and uh, that's what winning looks like. Lila Rose, I guess it's Lila Rose Paul now, even though they're not married. And uh, they were supposed to get the tattoo, right? There was the big tattoo that was supposed to happen right after the fight. They were supposed to have the tattoo artist there. You were supposed to get either I love uh, Tyron Woodley or I love Jake Paul, depending on who won the fight. The loser would get the tattoo. Apparently, it didn't happen. And Tyron was already asking for a rematch, and Jake was like, get the tattoo, put it on Instagram, then we'll talk about a rematch. (laughs) So we'll see if the tattoo actually happens. Anyway, it was a fun fight to watch. Even though I really wanted to see Jake go down bad, but he's not going to go down from Tyron. So, did you see where Samsung went ahead and disabled some of its televisions remotely? Now, the televisions were stolen from a warehouse in South Africa. And Samsung explained that the television block function is already preloaded on all Samsung TV products, though it only works if Samsung knows the serial code of the stolen unit. Once the set connects to the internet, its number is checked against the database on the company's servers. A match results in all of the TV's functions being disabled. I feel like we talked about this before. At least we talked about it being able to happen. uh, But I I don't know that we've talked about them actually using it so apparently during this unrest and looting in south africa there were these sets stolen at this uh, distribution center and the company knew exactly which serial numbers to look out for and they did and in keeping with their values to leverage the power of technology to resolve societal challenges They're going to continuously develop and expand strategic products in our consumer electronics division with defense-grade security, purpose-built with innovative and intuitive business tools designed for a new world. And I know this technology can have a positive impact. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it can. Um, You know, I, I want to say, okay, I get it, but... Are we trusting that Samsung is not going to get hacked and that the uh, hackers aren't going to just block all Samsung TVs? At what point does the kill switch get overridden by time? I'm not sure. And didn't we have, I don't remember hearing of Samsung TVs getting shut down here in America I know there was quite a bit of looting uh, and uh, unrest around this country. I don't recall Samsung kill switching any televisions. Could have happened. It could have happened. I just don't recall it happening at this time. But just so you know, and I have Samsung products. I like Samsung. I'm not unhappy with their products at all. Um, I just don't want someone, you know, shutting off my Samsung TV without my knowledge. And so, and then what was nice though, and this is nice of them. Okay. Look, if your television was blocked by accident and you say, Hey, my TV wasn't stolen. 
All you have to do is send your proof of purchase to their service manager. They said, gave you an email address and you can send your proof of purchase to them and they'll turn it back on for you. So just prove you didn't steal your TV. Oh, oh, okay. Well, that's darn nice of them. Oh, and I see the Doobie Brothers are back on tour with Michael McDonald. Remember, they were supposed to do their 50th anniversary tour uh, last year. And of course, uh, you know, uh, well, you know, they announced it in 2019 and it was scheduled for 2020. And then it got delayed because of, well, you know, that COVID thing that was going on. And so they uh, now it's back on and uh, Michael is with them and the tour. I love that the. the tour, if you get tickets, is the Doobie Brothers and Michael McDonald. So Michael said, yeah, you know, I'm going to, well, I'll go ahead and come on tour with you and we'll do a anniversary tour, but it is going to be the Doobie Brothers and Michael McDonald. So they started off at the Iowa State Fair in Des Moines, Iowa. Man, you got to love that. don't get mad at me i know the iowa state fair it's the state fair world that's going on now in the midwest and the north so shut up i know i got it so and then they showed up in milwaukee gotta love that and then they're going to be here in this neck of the woods at the toyota music factory the pavilion technically in irving texas but you know they show up in dallas dfw and then there, <laughs> I think, I mean, I'm looking forward to, and this is, you know, I don't want to slam the uh, great state of Ohio because they have shows in Cincinnati and they have a show in uh, Cuyahoga Falls, but they also have a show at the Toledo Zoo Amphitheater. Now, I don't know. I've never been to the Toledo Zoo Amphitheater. I have been in the great city of Toledo, though, multiple times in my life. And that also gets uh, the Detroit crowd, too. That's an easy zip from Detroit into Toledo for the uh, Zoo Amphitheater. And that's one of the most expensive tickets, according to this. 220 bucks starting from to the amphitheater. What is there, five seats? So it might be worth the show. Might be worth the show, anyway. Um, with Michael McDonald, the Dewey Brothers would be a really good show. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So the CDC is not backing down. They were even after they've been told, yeah, you don't get to tell property owners that they can't charge rent. Well, they can charge rent. They just can't collect it. (laughs) You don't get to do that, but it doesn't matter. They're going to go ahead and keep on plugging away. The, The CDC director, Dr. Rochelle Walensky, is now taking on firearm violence. And according according to Rochelle I'm sorry, Dr. Walensky, she's not here about gun control. Right. Okay. Um, I'm, look, (laughs) uh, we want to aggressively take on gun violence as a public health crisis. 
Okay. Look, uh, this is, we're not trying to alienate gun owners. We want to prevent gun violence and gun death. Okay. Uh, that's fine. I would, uh, you know, probably take a guess that most of the gun violence taking place isn't really done by, you know, the everyday gun owner, but that's just me. And they came out with their preferred terms for select population groups and communities. That is so nice. I love them for that. They have inclusive communication principles, preferred terms, using a health equity lens, developing inclusive communications, key principles, and of course, they always leave you with the resources and references. That kicks off with corrections and detentions. Instead of inmate or prisoner or convict, ex-convict, offender, criminal, parolee, detainee, instead of that, why don't you try people or persons who are incarcerated or detained, often used for shorter jail stays of youth or detention facilities. Um, Instead of prisoner, use partner or child of an incarcerated person. (laughs) Okay. Instead of saying convict or ex-convict, persons in pretrial or with charge. Yeah, that's persons with charge. That's what you should call them. Instead of using offender, people who were formerly incarcerated. Yeah, that's a good idea. Uh, Instead of criminal, how about persons on parole or probation? Instead of parolee, non-U.S. citizens or immigrants. uh, Wait, instead of of parolees, persons on parole or probation. Yeah, okay. And then instead of parolee, use non-U.S. citizens or immigrants in immigration detention facilities. Not quite sure how that goes with parolee. And uh, detainee, people in immigration detention facilities. Yeah, okay. Whatever. Uh, And under the disability heading, uh, instead of disabled, why not use people with disabilities slash a disability? I mean, we're already doing so much of this. Uh, Instead of uh, differently abled, you should use people who are deaf or hard of hearing or who are blind or have low vision. So they're differently abled. We, oh man. Instead of using afflicted, you should use people with an intellectual or development disability. Instead of confined to a wheelchair or wheelchair bound or handicapped, you should use People with people who use a wheelchair or a mobility device. I mean, isn't that uh, you're not confined? Don't say anyone's confined. Oh man. Okay. Avoid using vulnerable when describing people with disabilities. Oh, okay. The CDC is aware that some individuals with disabilities prefer to use identity first terminology which means a disability or disability status is referred to first for the purposes of these guidelines. CDC promotes person-first language. That's so special. Under drug use and substance abuse, drug users instead of drug users, addicts, drug abusers, how about you say persons who use drugs, people who inject drugs. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Instead of alcoholics or abusers, how about you say 
persons with substance use disorder. Yeah. How about we do that? Instead of a person's taking prescribed medication, that'd be assisted treatment. You say a person's in recovery from substance use, alcohol disorder. <sighs> wow. And we are, I mean, we're already doing this. We, I, we read this stuff in stories all the time. Persons who relapsed, instead of saying persons who relapsed, you should say persons who returned to use. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I returned to use. Okay. I didn't relapse. And instead of just smokers, you want to say, you know, people who smoke. Yeah. Those people who smoke. Don't just put everybody under one umbrella. Smokers. People who smoke. <laughs> Healthcare act. Oh, this is this whole thing. It's pages from the CDC of terminologies that we should terms for select populations and groups that we need to be saying. And you can bet that you'll be reading all these terms in articles from now on, man. Healthcare access and access to services and resources. Underserved people, communities. Instead of underserved people or communities, the underserved, you should say people who are underserved by whatever specific service or resource it is. People who are underserved by mental health, behavioral, or health resources instead of hard-to-reach populations. People, the uninsured, should be people who are medically underserved. People who are uninsured, people who are underinsured, people who do not have health insurance. What? That's the same, isn't that the same thing as... Holy cow. We, I mean, you gotta be... Words. Words have meaning, people. Okay. And that's exactly why we need to go through this and use terms that instead of homeless people, you should say people experiencing homelessness. We're not going to go down every one of these. These transient populations should be persons experiencing unstable housing, housing insecurity, or persons who are not securely housed. Yeah, those transient populations. Uh, Poverty-stricken. People with lower incomes, the poor or poor people, instead of saying that, maybe you should say people or households with incomes below the federal poverty level. Oh, you mean poor people. (laughs) Wow. Okay. So under mental health, uh, instead of mentally ill, people with mental illness, instead of crazy people with pre-existing mental disorder oh okay (laughs) instead of that person is insane you should say oh that's a person with pre-existing behavioral health disorder yeah that's what we're gonna say (laughs) did you see that person with pre-existing behavioral health disorder swinging his knife on the street last night yeah i did that person's insane how dare you How dare you? Okay. Instead of saying suffers from or is afflicted with, you should say people with a diagnosis of mental illness or mental health disorder or behavioral health disorder. So you should not say that someone suffers from or is afflicted from. You should say they've had a diagnosis of mental health illness. Yeah. And we don't send, instead of, 
asylum, which I don't know that there are any asylums anymore, which is, you know, kind of a problem. How about try a psychiatric hospital or facility? Yeah, we could say that if there was such a thing anymore. I don't know that there is. I don't know that there is, man. Hold on. Uh, instead of illegal immigrants, you should say mixed status households. Oh, okay. Instead of foreigners. <laughs> you should say refugee or refugee populations. Okay. I mean, instead of the foreign born, who is saying the foreign born? Shut up. Non-US born persons or for, or foreign born persons. You should try that. Wait, that's the, that's what we just said. Instead of the foreign born, you should say non-US born persons or foreign burn persons. No, who's saying that? No one. No, those foreigners. I hate those foreigners, man. All right. Okay, instead of elderly, should be older adults or elders. We see that already everywhere. Instead of senior, you should numeric age groups. Oh, persons. Person, just use, instead of seniors, persons age 55 to 64 or over 65 years of age, frail, fragile. Oh, okay. All right. People who are in, who are increased higher risk, high risk people. Yes. Instead of high risk people, maybe you say people who are increased or higher risk for, and then that particular condition. Okay. Get that through race and ethnicity. Okay. Let's see this referring to people as their race. Uh, ethnicity, blacks, Hispanics, Latinos, whites, American Indians, etc. Instead of this, why not say American Indian or Alaska Native persons or the communities or populations, Asian persons, black or African American persons, black persons, Native Hawaiian persons, Pacific Islander persons, white persons, people who identify with more than one race, people of more than one race, persons of multiple races. I mean, we're already, we see that every single day. Instead of rural people, people who live in sparsely populated areas. <laughs> oh, okay. Instead of frontier people, how about rural communities? Wait, I can't call them rural people. I've got to call them people who live in populated areas. But if I call you, I shouldn't call you frontier people. Who calls people frontier? Are we living in the 1800s? frontier people shut up all right instead of homosexual you should try this lgbtq or lgbtqia or lgbtq plus or lgbtqia2 plus 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 ia plus so i mean we're already doing that i mean gendered pronouns and instead of hermaphrodite Who calls people hermaphrodites anymore? How far down is that? One, two, three, four, five, six, hermaphrodite. One, two, three, four, five, six. Just asexual or transgender. Yeah, nobody, shut up. Hermaphrodite. Nobody calls anybody that anymore. Are you serious? Instead of stakeholder, Note, stakeholders are persons or groups who have an interest or concern in a project, activity, or course of action. Those bastards. How about you try, huh, uh, you know, 
Consider the audience when determining the appropriate terms to use. Whenever possible, be explicit to better describe specific groups or individuals with interest in the activity using relevant names or categories. Oh, okay. Wow. Um, thank you, CDC, for going through this. And I'll, I'll tweet this out at JeffyJFR so you can uh, be well aware of the preferred terms for select population groups and communities as per the CDC. So I received this email over the weekend and it talks about uh, Dear Jeffy, listening to your vax skepticism, and you invited us to share our experiences, and I did, and I did get the first shot. I was so I said I was going to get the second shot uh, on Friday. If you're listening live, today is the 30th of August, 2021. That would have made it the what the uh, 29th, 28th, 27th, 28th, um, and I didn't do it. I, I was the next thing I know it's, it's Sunday the 29th and I didn't do it. And then I, you know, so I'm probably going to go get it today because, you know, I got more than one email and this one that I'm sharing with you, uh, you know, kind of put me over the edge. So in the email, it says, according to the show, according to show legend, I'm a million years old. So therefore I'm in high risk category, <laughs> which is, you know, that's true. I am a, a million years old and I am in the high risk category. This person says, I encourage the shot. This person says that uh, he is at the uh, end stage renal disease, got the Pfizer's two shots as soon as he could, no ill side effects. And as much as I felt like not getting the vaccine in spite, to spite the smug morons pushing it on us. And I, I know that's a, that's a big deal. It certainly is. The vaccine is highly effective at preventing death. And he even quotes, uh, you know, Bill O'Reilly and Ben Shapiro, two of the most fact-based guys in the media. Are they? But okay. (laughs) I got it. And they both say this. I know that. I know that. And so, uh, according to this person, uh, they personally, uh, they, even if they refuse the booster shot, they're going to take away his kidney transplant eligibility. So I plaster a crap-eating grin on my face and say, thank you, nurse, may I have another? And due to a different awful medical problem I have on rare occasions, I have trouble breathing to the point where I worry I'm going to pass out and not wake up from it. And it is terrifying, I bet. The cons of hitting a crap jackpot with a bad case of COVID just aren't worth it. If you turn into a werewolf from the vaccine in five years, you'll just have to stay up late during the full moon. I know, I, I know uh, that's a, that's a good point. And uh, you know, maybe a werewolf isn't that bad of a thing. Plus, even though president, president colostomy bag, and I'm not sure who he's talking about there is demanding. We submit higher vax numbers means less of an excuse to crack down on our freedoms. Not sure. That's a good way to look at it, but okay. Plus, uh, according to this email, this is Donald Trump's vaccine, not Joe Biden and all the right leaning Americans should be proud of that. Yeah, I know. So I hope it didn't come off like I was ranting. God bless. Well, it did. God bless back. And it also says I want to be chewing the fat. I want to be listening. I want to be chewing the fat for decades to come. Right. And you will be 
for sure. Anyway, thank you. Uh, I appreciate it. And I, I am going to get those seconds. Yeah, okay. You can have my back. I just didn't do it this weekend for a couple of different reasons. Just didn't feel right. Okay. I just didn't feel right about it. I'm sorry. And I, I'm, I'm going to do it. Okay. Just leave me alone. But uh, I would like to, the transplant eligibility thing is really fascinating to me. I know that's a frustrating thing. And I'd be interested to hear a little bit more about that eligibility because can't you just get a kidney from, you know, Africa or something? <laughs> I, mean, I know there's a pandemic, but can't you just put up a couple of bucks and have one shipped over from, you know, South Sudan or Nigeria? <laughs> just a thought. I don't know. I'm just I'm asking questions. And speaking of thank you, ma'am, may I have another, uh, Israel, uh, was reported this weekend is no longer considering people who have received two Pfizer BioNTech vaccines vaccinated as of September 1st, only three vaccinated, three times vaccinated. Are you considered immune and vaccinated? So you must have, you must get the booster to be considered vaccinated. And they say that they're sticking with the eight-month COVID booster shot timeline. But I'm pretty sure that one of the things that our president, Joseph Robinette Biden, uh, was talking to the head of Israel the other day. And uh, by the way, he wasn't sleeping, or I guess the they're all saying that the video was misleading and cropped, so he didn't fall asleep during the meeting, although it sure looked like he did. Uh, during that conversation, they were talking about moving that booster shot timeline up to five months. And that falls into what I told you on this show was going to happen. And you can bet it's going to happen. I guarantee it. Uh, they've all, they'll say the eight-month COVID booster is not is not good enough. We need to get a jump on it. We need to do it at, you know, four months. So you get double. You get both shots, the uh, Moderna or the Pfizer and then after that second shot, four months later, you need another one. You need to get that booster. Guaranteed. Guaranteed that's going to happen. Ah, I can just feel it. I can just feel it. And uh, good news. I saw someone told me I saw a story earlier today about going out and hunting deer. Oh, no, I was on Twitter. Uh, at JeffyJFR, someone tagged me in feeding the deer this weekend. Getting ready for deer season. A lot of people who own property feed the deer because they go out and hunt them during deer season and you get as much venison as you can for the freezers. I lived through that when I was living in Michigan and you, you know, someone who has a lot of property, that's what they do. They actually take care of the animals on their property because they're going to kill them to eat. That's part of the deal. Oh my gosh. That's almost like it was supposed to be. You know, it just keeps in a circle of life kind of thing. Somebody ought to do a song. Anyway, uh, we just found out, for those of you that uh, like venison, that, and I don't know if it, I don't know, I don't know if you can get it after you cook it up, but they're saying that in Ohio, white-tailed deer are now the first deer to be infected with COVID-19. I'm just saying, it wasn't me that said that, it was the, they were reporting it, Okay. So there's plenty of animals that have come down with COVID-19, just not ones we eat. You know, when you look at the list of the different animals that have been reported, minks, remember they, I mean, they burned the minks and buried them and burned them in the, in the, in, uh, in Europe, cats, 
dogs, lions, gorillas, snow leopards, tigers, and otters have all reported the SARS-CoV-2 infection. And now they say, they say animals can't transfer to humans. <laughs> That's what they say. There is no evidence that animals play a significant role in spreading the SARS-CoV-2. Oh, okay. Now that's the virus that causes COVID-19 in people, right? Yeah. Yeah. But of course, now, of course, there's going to be, you know, more studies done to understand, (laughs) understand the differences. (laughs) But as of right now, we don't know. I mean, we, we do know we're telling you right now that Right now, we believe that there's no significant role in spreading it. So go ahead and keep those deer fed. I just don't let the deer sneeze on you or cough on you or kiss them. Okay? Go ahead and feed them. Just don't let them kiss you. And just so you know, people who are infected with the highly contagious Delta variant are twice as likely to be hospitalized as those who are infected with the Alpha variant. This according to a new British study. It was published in the Lancet Infectious Diseases Journal. And who doesn't get the Lancet Infectious Diseases Journal? In an analysis of more than 40,000 coronavirus infections in England. So they went ahead and took a look at it. And the Delta may cause more severe illnesses than other variants. Fewer than 2% of the infections occurred in fully vaccinated people. So right now, I guess they're saying there's not enough data to draw conclusions about hospitalization risks in that group. Um, But if only 2% of the infections are occurring in the fully vaccinated, uh, you know, you don't want it. You don't want it for sure. But if you're already vaccinated and you get it, isn't that the reason they were saying you should be vaccinated so that you wouldn't feel the full effects of the variant? Anyway, that's what we were told. And we're also told that Taliban leaders now are seeking international acceptance. Are they? (laughs) According to this story, they are. And how they're doing that is by telling farmers to stop cultivating opium poppies. Oh, okay. So where they make all their money, they're going to stop growing that product. Okay. I guess if you believe it, then (laughs) you believe it. Taliban representatives. I mean, we're, we're talking about Taliban representatives. Are you freaking kidding me? Taliban representatives began telling gatherings of villagers in the Southern province of Kandahar, one of the country's main opium producing regions that the crop, a crucial part of the local economy. Yeah. That's what these people are growing to live on. Uh, would be banned. Oh, okay. So the new rulers apparently won't permit the drug trade. (laughs) Oh, they won't permit the drug trade. So now they're going to have an internal drug war on their hands while they seek international acceptance. Okay. Local farmers in Kandahar, Urzagan, and Helmand provinces said raw opium prices have tripled from about $70 to about $200 per kilogram due to the uncertainty about future production. (laughs) 
Okay. All right. Uh, I, I, I find this very hard to believe. These people have been growing this opium poppy fields for uh, forever. That's how they make their money. They don't make, and it's not a lot. The people who live there in these provinces, the farmers don't, what are they going to grow? They got to grow something. I mean, that was the joke I made years ago where we should have gone in and put honeybees in the caves so at least they could have honey as a product instead of opium, which, you know, not going not gonna to happen. It still could, though. You still could use the chewing the fat plan. Give them honeybees. We need honeybees. We know we're losing honeybees. Let's grow them. Let's get them out. Let's get them to Afghanistan and get these farmers in Kandahar uh, honeybees and let them start creating honey in the caves so that instead of producing poppies for opium, which I don't know if you know this or not, gets processed into heroin, um, they could produce honey. Now, if you think, if you, I, I don't buy it for one second that this is actually the truth, but that's what's being reported because there's no way that these, these drug lords have run that country forever, ever. And the Taliban is going to try to take them down on top of trying to be internationally accepted. Please stop it. No, I don't believe it. Not for one second. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.